Welcome to Golden. Welcome to a frigid cold day. A lot of sun, but uh, it's about 15, 16 degrees, 17. And uh, fortunately there's no wind. It's supposed to be high winds and it'll drop the chill factor way, way down, but I'm sort of dressed. I don't know if I can make it or not, but we'll see. It's about uh, just after nine o'clock in the morning. And uh, I take the 820 out of Boulder to Golden. Takes about 820, got here about uh, 905, 910. So not quite an hour, 50 minutes, something like that, 45 minutes, 55 minutes, 50, whatever, just takes. All right. <clears throat> So uh, I'm kind of struggling a little bit because I've been up since like 1, 1.30 this morning. I thought it was time to get up. Went to bed about 8 o'clock last night, you know, to get a good night's sleep because I knew it was going to be busy. And 1.30, I thought, oh man, time to get up already. I looked at the clock and said 1.38. I said 1.38 was last week also. I don't know, I understand what the, what the deal is. And I, I was like that all the rest of the night. Uh, 1.30, and then it was 3, and then it was 3.30, then 4.15, then 4.45, and then 5, and finally at 5.25, uh, my alarm went off, 5.27, alarm went off to get up and start the day. So, uh, and the class went fast. You know, if you're not a coming to our True Study class, you really should do that. It's really a totally different look at my ministry, what the Lord's been doing in, in, with me, and uh, I pour out a lot of wisdom, seems like. That's what seems like is happening now. Uh, I was going through the True Study book. That's why we're doing the class. It's an orientation. We just finished class 100. We do it Monday through Friday. And uh, we started in August, uh, August 28th, I think, Monday. Seven o'clock in the morning we started. And uh, today we finished class number 100. That's a lot of classes. I still got 160 more to go to finish this first year of the four true study books that make up year one. And then uh, my uh, require my oh, what the Lord's probably going to do with me is is do the next year's class also. So we've got two years of classes. I don't know what's going to happen on year three and year four. We're building a church school, one little one day at a time. We didn't purchase a school curriculum from somebody. We didn't purchase a Bible college, which we probably could have. You know, that's, uh, when I was called to do Gospel Evangelist Church, had a Bible school, ministry training, uh, one of the things that was in the calling was a, you know, a school of some sort, a Bible school, a ministry school, a training in the, in the church. We've always been called to train up ministers and then send them out. That's why our church is really quite a bit different. We're not a fellowship that just worships and praises the Lord and then a few, little bit of a message and then everybody goes home, a little bit of prayer. Uh, we train everyone in our church to be ministers, to be preachers. And uh, that's Ephesians, you know, to, to do the work of the ministry. We're, that's what the fivefold ministry is all about, but nowadays they don't do that. Don't know why. I mean, I do, I do know why, but I'm not going to say that now. And so uh, the calling was, but the odd thing about the calling, this is back in 1987, I believe, when the Lord called me to build Gospel Evangelist in 1987. Uh, I knew that the church, the school, was going to be mobile. It wasn't going to be a brick and mortar. I, I knew that. But at that time, there was no such thing as cell phones. There was no such thing as, I don't think there was the Internet. In 1987, was there the internet around? 
you know, World Wide Web? I don't know. I mean, there was things going on, but it wasn't like it is today, obviously. And uh, there wasn't Facebook, there wasn't Twitter, now called X. There wasn't, uh, uh, it wasn't, I don't know, was YouTube on at that time? I don't think so. And, uh, you know, and you think about that. God knew, knows the end from the beginning. He is the beginning. In fact, there's no beginning, no ending in God. Everything is in God. Everything. And when you think you're not in God, like the bus driver, he didn't believe anything I was doing. He thought this was a big joke, the guy who drove my bus. And uh, he was kind of a sarcastic driver, and he told some of the things. And, you know, he's probably 60 years old. He's probably pushing 60, probably late 50s. You know, all gray hair now, but in pretty good shape. And I didn't talk to him much. Uh, he sees what I, he's seen me before, but he got a chance to talk to me this time. It was a big joke to him. But he doesn't realize that he, he is in God. And God's going to spit him out of his mouth. God's going to say, get away from me, man. You, I've, I've sent you everything to, to, to have you come to me. I've asked so many ways for you to marry me. That's what Jesus would say. I've asked many, many ways. I even sent Preacher John this morning on your bus. And I sent him early enough. So that, and I held back the other passengers so he could talk to you, which was very weird. I tell you the truth, because normally there's passengers behind me. I get on. I usually the first one on the bus because I'm waiting for the bus. I'm never late. And uh, but there's nobody behind me for like three minutes, four minutes. Yeah. And I kept looking where all the passengers, because he wanted to talk to me. He was sitting in the driver's seat, big, you know, motor coach, like a Greyhound type bus, big coach, big motor coach, you know, those big mouth, monstrous big buses. And, uh, and so I stood there in the stairwell talking to him. We chatted back and forth for like three or four minutes. I don't know if it's five minutes, because I kept looking to see if there's anybody behind me. There's nobody behind me. That's very, very rare, very strange. So he got a long chance to read my hat, read my coat, you know, talk about the banner. And it was a big joke to him, you know, big joke. And then after I knew I couldn't go any farther with him and he, you know, I really, really kind of sick of him by that time because, you know, when people get 60 years old and it's still a joke, I, you know, I don't have any time for him, you know. I, I really, my philosophy, let me tell you what my physical philosophy is. If you're listening, if you want to know, I'm going to tell you anyways. Is uh, 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 and understand, I'm coming from a truck driver's point of view. Uh, truck drivers. Now, out in the trucking world, on the highway, you see a lot of stupid, dumb people do really ridiculous things that anybody in their right mind with any kind of common sense wouldn't do. And truck drivers are all about common sense. Driving a truck, loading your rig, getting your rig from point A to point B, from shipper to receiver, all that kind of stuff, takes a lot of common sense. And those drivers that are hired who have no common sense, uh, they're let go pretty much right away, and they usually only do one or two trips because they can't understand the job, and they're gone. But those drivers who last through a career have tremendous common sense, for lack of a better word. 
you know, just general wisdom about getting around. I've talked about that before. When a truck boss hires a new driver, one of the things they're looking at is can the driver get around? Or do I gotta babysit him? You know, do I gotta, can he solve any problems? Because the truck driver solves problems constantly. Continuous daily stream of problems. And, uh, <clears throat> and so I came up with the philosophy is I can't help stupid people. Because I tried, in the beginning I tried, when I was my first couple, two or three years, I tried to, and I said, that's it. I cannot help stupid people. Stupid people are stupid. You can't help them. I mean, I don't know what it is. And I kind of carried that into the ministry. And uh, that's why I just don't care if somebody gets saved or not. I'm going to preach the word of God to them. If they receive Christ, fine. If they don't, fine. I don't care. You know, it's up to them. I can't make them get saved. So I can't help stupid people. Because to me, if you don't receive Christ, you're stupid. I was stupid. That's why I didn't receive Christ. I was an idiot. Stupid, stupid, stupid. From the big capital S, stupid. Because of people around me. They demonstrated stupidity, and so I didn't want anything to do with it. And I was stupid. Instead of seeking out wisdom on my own, I judged everybody around me and based everything about people around me, my mom and dad and everybody around me. And I shouldn't have done that. That's stupid. There's no common sense in that. Common sense says this may not be the whole story. This may not be the whole story. Let me take another look. A couple, And I didn't do that because I had no common sense. I was stupid. And uh, I got so stupid that I tried everything in the world to receive Christ. And because I was so dumb in every sense of the word, I gave up. I said, Lord, Jesus, Jesus. I said, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. Because I was at the end of my rope. I was at the end of my life. I was contemplating ending it all. Twice I tried to go over the side of the ship. I hated the lack of freedom. I hated the... I, I just didn't understand, and I didn't understand war, I didn't understand the attitude in war, because Vietnam was going on, and it was, it just was, it had you on the edge of life all the time, and uh, I was struggling, like big time, and twice I tried to climb over the edge, and twice, something, somebody, some, I don't know who it was, pulled me back over, I mean, way up there, if I would have gone down, seven stories, hit that water, that probably would have killed me, if that didn't kill me, the going in the ocean uh, I would have been sucked under the uh, under the ship and into the un, under the fantail into the rear of the ship and got chewed up in the propellers then the sharks would have got me twice that happened twice I tried that had my leg over the side nobody on the bridge I said that's it I'm done and I planted it out I, how stupid that is ignorance at the highest peak that's why I can talk the way I talk that was ignorance and stupidity at the highest level. To take my own life. What kind of silliness is that? Is that going to end everything? That doesn't end a thing. That just be, that's just the beginning of your horror. That's the beginning of your horror. Because you commit suicide, you're not going to heaven. There's no murderers in heaven. That's what the Bible says. I don't care what everybody says, but when you murder yourself, premeditated murder of yourself, you're not going to heaven. I'm sorry, you're cut off. There's no murderers in heaven. I don't care what anybody says. Oh, he's saved. He just killed himself early and went to heaven. Sorry, that doesn't work. If that worked, then the Bible is a lie. And that means Jesus is a lie. And that means there's no such thing as heaven. And we're just, we're just nothing. Everything's going to be back to nothing. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me even to say that. 
That sounds stupid. But the bus driver acted like who I'm talking about. Will he ever get saved? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not God. So I don't care. I didn't. I just didn't care. Now, a lot of people might get mad at that, but let me tell you, when I stopped trying to get people to get saved, that's what I did for 10 years. I tried to force them to get saved. I would make people say this prayer, and I would just pile drive the gospel into them. And uh, it wore me out. My wife hated it. I mean, it's just, I talk about it a lot because there's such a stark difference between then and years later after, after all that ended. And uh, anyways, uh, so I'm, that's the attitude I have. Now, if you don't like that, you'll be in another video on Sunday maybe, if I'm strong enough and willing to, to do that. I haven't preached since Sunday. Sunday, I didn't preach. I didn't go out Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I didn't go out for five days. You know, it's, sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm. Uh, that does, does that mean I'm going to quit? See? No. I'm in this thing for 10 years. I'm in my fifth year now. I'm in the fifth year. <clears throat> 10,000 hours. I'm, and uh, I'm over 4,000 hours of the 10. Am I going to quit? No. Why am I going to quit? That, see, now that would be stupid. Oh, I give up. It's got too hard. Boy, oh boy. That, that would... Here comes the wind. That would be horrible. Oh, man. It's wind. Oh, it's like Arctic. It is the Arctic wind. Oh my God. Hang on. Hang on. <clears throat> All right. So if I don't preach anything, that'll be fine, I guess. But I, we've been talking on... I don't know <laughs> what he's doing. Oh, from Texas, yeah. The guy looks like he's about 90 years old driving that pickup from Texas. Driving one mile an hour. I know what that feels like. The guy behind him, he's 30 years old and trying to figure out how to get around him. See, a 30-year-old and a, looks like 90-year-old, not that old, obviously, 80-year-old, they think completely different. I talked about that in class. Two different thought patterns. If you haven't been logging in to our True Study class, you really should. I, I guarantee it, you should. Because I've been preaching every day, an hour every day. How many people have logged on? You know, I don't know. So, man, it's wind. Let me do this. I'm not going to speak a long time because I'm just so cold and I'm not having a good time. This, I hate, I'm so overly dressed I can't even move. I feel like when I was a kid, uh, waddling down. How am I supposed to play, mommy? I can't even move my arms. I'm so, you know, I got so many clothes on. That's how mom used to dress us when we were out in Marshall Valley and before that too. Couldn't move. That's what it feels like now. Can hardly put my backpack on because I got so many layers of clothes on. All right, and I got the wind in my face now. All right, so uh, this little diagram here. Did I pray? I didn't pray. Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for the wind. Thank you for the corner. Thank you for golden. Thank you for the camera. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving me strength to last some point of time. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Amen and amen. All right. I don't know how long I'm going to last. If this, if it's supposed to get up really windy here within the next hour or two.
uh, that's just going to be more than I can take probably. So uh, I may only last a couple hours. Oh well. If somebody comes out, where were you, John? I came out to see you. You see, people come out to see me, lots of them. But they, anyway, that's another story. So this diagram right here is uh, part of our Sunday prayer letter that I did last Sunday. I didn't send it out because I didn't finish it. But uh, there's a, a little diagram here. I'm going to see if I can do that this Sunday. And uh, verses here. So we're going to be talking on fire, and we started on Sunday with Genesis 19:24, and uh, how the Holy. And this is kind of like a summary of review. I, I've got Friday and Saturday as review time. I've got Sunday through Thursday as the scriptures. There's ten verses we're going to cover every week, and going to go th go through the 500 and say over 500 verses with fire in them. Uh, and this is starting, you know, on this week. And uh, I struggled. I sat at my desk for probably three, four hours, four and a half hours. I don't think five, but over three, somewhere between three and four hours, I sat at my desk up and down praying, seeking the Lord how to do this. How am I gonna keep track of 500 verses, Lord? Because I knew in my spirit, I wasn't gonna start it the first time and go all the way through the Bible. I knew I was gonna jump around. But if I'm gonna jump around, how am I gonna keep track of it all? I mean, the logistics of keeping track of 500 Bible verses throughout a whole year seemed too daunting and too difficult for me because I'm not that much smarter after getting Jesus. I'm still kind of a dumb guy. Sorry. I'd be, oh, you're not. And so I prayed and prayed and prayed because I don't know what to do. So what do, do I do something even if I don't know what to do? Well, I got to do it. Let's do it. No, I wait upon the Lord. And I pray, and I wait, I pray, I wait, I pray, and I wait. And finally, towards the end of the three or four hours, the Holy Ghost gave me this here. He, he had me draw a line. It's kind of all drawn up now, but he had me draw one line. And then he put an X here. And then he put an X over here. And then he put an X here, an X here, an X here, all the way towards the center. I said, what's that supposed to mean, Lord? said right here you go to the first mention of fire oh and I looked it up and it's Revelation 1924 then an ampersand this is the 27th letter of the alphabet I learned that this week a lot of people think there's 26 letters in the alphabet there's not there's 27 letters in the alphabet the alphabet of the English alphabet has 27 that ampersand has the 27th letter it joins and it has a couple different meanings to it it's a Latin sign that means etc. But God has a little bit of a different definition. Sometimes man has a definition of something and God has a definition. In the beginning when words are defined, oftentimes they use God's definition. And then as time goes on, people get sick of God, they throw God out of their life and they make up their own definitions. So God's definition is this symbol here, that's the 27th letter of the English language, creates a, uh, creates a, this thing that's coming up and this thing that's a part of is very important. This is like a beacon. Listen up, like this, uh, these street lights here. It's like this, 
It's something important. Pay attention, very important. And uh, this is in the 1611 Bible. It's not in our new Bibles, they took that out. But uh, it's, anyways. So that's what the Holy Ghost told me to do. So that's the first mention, which is here. This is the last mention, which is over here. And so you start at the first and the last, and you go in to the center, and you do that every week. And uh, what that means is this represents a soldier of Christ. A soldier of Christ. This represents his arms. This represents his hands on either side, his arms outstretched. And this is him in the middle and, and the word of God going back. And when you're doing that, the fire of God won't destroy you because you're in the center of the Word of God. You're in the center of the Word of God. And when you're in the center of the Word of God, the fire of God, because these, all these verses are all about fire. Every verse is all about, has fire. Fire, fire, fire. The fire of God that destroys. Like this over here, first mention is the fire and brimstone that the Lord sent from heaven, from God, from the Lord, and destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their evilness. Sodomy is evil. I don't care what people dress it up as. I don't care if you dress it in pink and pretty colors and gold and diamonds and all kinds of stuff. Sodomy is evil. Evil will take you to hell. Evil will not go to heaven. No sodomites in heaven, sorry. I don't care what any preacher and pastor is teaching you. No sodomy in heaven. No sodomite goes to heaven. In fact, they took that out of the Bible because it offends people. It offends me. You know what word offends people now? Husband and wife. They, they're changing that now because husband and wife is an offensive word. Offensive words. I heard here a couple years ago when I was witnessing to two girls, when I called them a girl, they said, hey, that's offensive to us. <laughs> First time I ever heard it in my face. That's offensive to me. Anyways, so... God, does God care if it's offensive? Nope, doesn't care a bit. Doesn't care a bit. He's gonna offend you from the day from the day you start it to the day you end. He's gonna offend you. The word of God is offensive to many people. Even to a believer, the word, the word of God is offensive. So what did man do? He changes it to suit his softness. He gets really soft and prissy. That's why I didn't want to become a Christian. I, got, I thought they were sissies. I thought Christians were sissies. That's what I thought. Because by, you know, I've told you the story many times. All right, so, and then, that's the first mention, very important. And then we go all the way to the end, Revelation 21, 8, that's the very last mention. You gotta go to those two verses. I'm not gonna bring them up. I'm just gonna talk about a review right here. I'm gonna end this in just a moment. And uh, you go to those two verses. I dare you to go to those two verses. <laughs> And really look at it. We talked about all this in class, uh, in church. Oh, I keep calling it class. It feels like a class to me. I got teaching on my mind. <laughs> Classes on my mind. And that really, that revelation, when we brought those two verses up in church, I tell you, it ignited everybody in church. We had a house full of church people. It ignited everybody with the fire of God. They, boy, that was so spectacular. It's like the Holy Ghost showed up 
and showed us the word of God. It's like he took the scales off everybody's eyes. And some of the guys there were brand new in the Bible, brand new Christians. And we were talking some heavy duty stuff. In fact, after the church service, they said, this is a very advanced Bible study. That's what they, one guy said, very advanced Bible study. But it got me excited. <laughs> it said, I didn't understand much what you're doing, John, but it really got me excited because it made sense to me. <laughs> and he was really excited. And so was the other guy. The two guys are pretty new in the Word. And that's, we talked about all these verses. So that's what we're going to do all year long. We're going to use this diagram. I'm going to see if I can draw. We, I wanted to draw this on a, a whiteboard in uh, a church, but I, didn't I couldn't find a whiteboard. So maybe I'll find. So I drew, showed this on the sheet of paper, kind of like I'm doing here. Maybe a, I'll take a picture of her son. But uh, uh, you see, they're all connected to. He had to draw these lines like this, all going to the center. It's pretty amazing what he did. And then, uh, so that's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 10 verses. And then Friday and Saturday is a review. So today's Friday. And in my spirit, when I was in Boulder, getting on the bus, well, before I was, as I was walking to the bus, down, you know, it took me about 15 minutes to walk to the bus. Uh, I kept hearing, I just want you to do a review, because I was thinking about the scriptures, and I was, you know, I, I just want you to do the review. Okay, a review, but I didn't preach it. And I was talking to the Lord, I said, but I didn't do any of the preaching today, this week. He said, I still want you to just do a review. All right, so guess what we're doing? A review. <laughs> a review. So uh, Genesis 19. Let me read these verses. So that's Genesis 19.24. Uh, and on the other side, Revelation 21.8. Second time it was the, this is the second time fire was mentioned. 22.6. The, the second time coming up from the backside. The coming up from the end. This is the second to the last. 20, Revelation 20 verse 15. This is the third time is mentioned on this side of this thing here. Genesis 22:7. Then the third time, third from the last, Revelation 20:14. Then over here, Exodus 3:2, Revelation 20:10, Exodus 9:23, Revelation 20, uh, verse 9. So that's the last time, second to the last, third to the last, fourth to the last, fifth to the last, first time, second time, third, fourth, fifth time. Going from the ends inward to the soldier of Christ. The Lord called it a soldier of Christ. I, I didn't know what this was. I said, what is this in the middle, Lord? He said, that's the soldier of Christ. And a lot of this is pertains to the armor of God. To the armor of God. It pertains to the sword of, of the word of God coming out of the mouth of, of the Lord. It pertains to the sword of the the Spirit of the Lord and the sword and all that kind of stuff in, Revel in Ephesians about the armor of God. And uh, uh, isn't that cool? I just think that's really amazing. I love that. So now I know what I'm going to do all year. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Now, what is that? Now, let me, here's, a, here's another little teaching for some people. And that is, once the Holy Ghost shows you something to do, you start doing that, okay? Yeah, that makes sense, okay? So you keep doing it, you keep doing it, like this is for a whole year. That's 52 times I'm going to preach this message, 52 times. This is 
time number two. This is the second time we're preaching this message. Second week of the year, all right? <laughs> I waved everybody. I don't care if they give me a thumbs. Anyways, uh, so here's the teaching. You get running along, and then the Holy Ghost says, I want you to step over here for a moment. Now you have a decision to make. Yeah, but I thought we we're going this way. We are, but I want you to come over here. I want to show you something. Oh, is that me talking? Is that the devil talking? What's, what, I mean, let's go this way. Now you have a choice to make. You have a choice. God always provides choices. You can either keep going straight because this is what you thought you're supposed to be doing because he told you six months earlier and you're in the sixth year, middle of the year, but you know in your spirit you want to go over here. Because if you go over there where the Holy Ghost showed you, you might look dumb to people. Well, he doesn't know what he's doing. That's what they, I thought you were supposed to go this way. See? So, because I am being used as an example, I'm, I'm talking this way. And then if I ever got to that point, I don't know if I will, I have no clue. But if I got to that point, I would explain what we're doing. And I'll probably bring this back to your, bring this back, this, this talk here in Golden. And so that's what happens with ministers and preachers and ministries and all kinds of stuff is you're going along and the Spirit of the Lord tells you to go over there and you ignore Him or you're not paying attention and you keep going straight and now you know that the power of God's not on you. God's not around you. You wonder, where's God at? And uh, that cloud went behind a... Someone went behind a cloud there. Man, oh man. <laughs> and uh, you keep moving along and now you got all these people around you going, man, what's wrong with the pastor? And now you... You have... To, now you're down the road by two months or three months or even six months or six years and now you have a choice to make now god shows you you have a choice to make buddy you made a mistake you made a wrong turn now when you're in a big rig like i was 40 you know 80 you know 75 foot rig 40 tons 80,000 pounds you just can't turn around in an intersection you can't even get i mean i'm 13 and a half feet tall 13 six you just can't move around real easily. That's why the song, give me 40 acres and I'll turn this rig around. That's about what you need sometimes to turn a rig around. I was hauled, for several years, I hauled wide loads, wide, heavy loads, you know, you know, 14, 15 feet tall, you know, you know, takes two lanes going down the highway. We hauled heavy equipment, big, wide, big, monstrous stuff. I mean, you can't move that thing. I mean, you need 100 acres <laughs> to turn that thing around. You know, you need flags, you need cars, you need all kinds of stuff, and you gotta, you know, get down the freeway. I've done that for a while. And so you're down there, and you got all these people. You got a thousand people, ten thousand people in your church, and you've left the Word of God. Now you have a choice to make. And that's what happens with pastors, preachers, songwriters, all kinds of problems, is they get too far down the road, too committed on the wrong road, and they're too embarrassed too prideful to tell everybody I made a mistake six years ago and I should have turned left or right or whatever the Holy Ghost and I made a mistake and you're going to look like a fool and a lot of people are going to treat you that way but a lot of people aren't what usually happens in those cases half the congregation won't forgive you and they quit and leave because they think you're a fool and they're never going to follow a fool. The other half of the congregation will follow you and because they have forgiveness in their heart. 
All of them are Christians, but half the Christians have no forgiveness, and other half have forgiveness. I've been through a, God bless you, man. I've been through things like that. I'm of the camp you forgive. People make mistakes. Even in the ministry, even following God, even preaching and teaching, we all make mistakes. There's only one area that I'm aware of that you cannot make a mistake. If you make one mistake, you're done with that ministry. And this is how I was trained and taught in a particular form of ministry that I do oftentimes. And uh, I've taken that, I'll tell you in just a second, I've taken that ministry very serious. And that is a prophetic ministry. When you become, when the Holy Ghost puts you in a prophetic mode uh, that, you know, we're, you know, like a prophet, I've operated in the office of a prophet oftentimes. When you're standing in that office, that calling, that gift of being a prophet, and you're speaking God's word, and you're a mouthpiece, you can't make a mistake. If you make a mistake, that's the last time God will use you. Yeah, that's the last time. So I've been in that office since mid-80s, and I'm still prof being a, I'm still working in that office of prophet. I've not made a mistake. Does that mean I won't make a mistake? I have no guarantee, dude. I, don't, I have no idea. I hope I don't, but I am very cautious. Very, very cautious when I operate as a prophet. I'm, most of my ministry is an evangelistic type ministry, evangelist, with a little bit of prophet mixed in. So I'm like 80% evangelism. Uh, it's kind of, they kind of go hand in hand. They kind of overlap. Evangelist and prophet. I kind of go both ways. Uh, but nowhere in there is pastor. I'm really not a pastor. But I'm called to build a church. All right? And so how does an evangelist and a prophet build a church? <laughs> not on his own ability, not on his gift, and not on his calling. He has to fully and completely trust in God. The reason God has me building this church, not as a pastor. See, most usually God calls somebody to be a pastor, and the pastor builds a church. That's typically how it works. They run the church until they die or something happens. All right? But the reason that God called a prophet and an evangelist to build Gospel Evangelist Church is because of the type of calling on this church. A normal, everyday, you know, call pastor couldn't build this kind of church. Uh, you know, now that is that is something that's very hard to understand. I understand it because I see it, but to describe it is very difficult. So just like this diagram here, that's a prophetic drawing. That's, I can't be wrong in that drawing. That's, that little drawing I showed you, you know, with the outstretched arms and the five words on this side, five words on this side, and the soldier of Christ in the middle, the breastplate, you know, that kind of thing. The fire of God, that kind of stuff. You, you can't be wrong. And so, it actually, when I got that, I started crying like crazy. And I, I, I went to bed. I, I just I just lost it. I just I was so overwhelmed. If I don't watch it, I'll be overwhelmed. I was so overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit that it just I just went to bed. Probably six o'clock that evening I went to bed. And I I just I just lost it. I just I, I just felt so overwhelmed. Cause I feel so like who am I? I am I am just a truck driver 
doing what God wants me to do. And God's doing miracles in my life. And uh, it's not me. I'm not even talking now. I mean, I, I don't know what to say. Review. What do you want me to do as a review? Don't worry about it, John. I'm going to feel, I'm, you know, that's, God tells me that almost 10 times a week, it seems like. A dozen, I don't know. Don't worry about it, John. You're doing okay. You're okay. You're going to be okay, John. That's normally what he says. You're going to be okay, John. Like, like, like Golden. You're going to be okay. He told me, I need you in Golden today. If he didn't need me in Golden today, he would have let me take the day off. I know that. Because all week long, he says, I don't want you to go out. I want you to rest. All week long. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Th many of those days, I had all my banner, all my gear at the door. Had my water bottle filled up. I was ready to go out the door. Says, no, I want you to stay and rest. All right. I put everything away. I did that twice this week. Had all my banner, my cones, my backpack stuff, ready to go, out the door. And both times this week, I had to put everything away. <laughs> my, you know, preaching closet you know, with all my preaching gear in it. And so what I'm trying to say here is you have to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and you have to not make provision for the flesh so that the flesh will fulfill its lusts and cravings and desires. That's what we talked about in class. Kind of an offshoot of the class this morning. I really encourage you to log on and watch Friday's True Study classes. 45 minutes long, I think, 44 minutes, 45, whatever it is. And listen to the whole thing while you're doing something. I put your headphones on and listen to it as you're going about your day, about your business. Maybe when you're watching, cooking dinner, have your headphones on. I'm going to listen to John and his class while I'm cooking or washing dishes or folding the clothes or, or driving down the road, going to work, coming home or something. Listen to it. Is it for me? No. Yeah. If you listen to it, fine. If not, fine. I'll, I'll never know if you listen to it or not. I'll never know. Because for some reason, people aren't making comments on the class, and very few people are clicking the like button. Uh, I don't know why that is, but just... Uh... And let me tell you one more thing about the class. The classes are an hour long. The average view time of one hour of a prophet speaking wisdom, they can only take 15 minutes. I think the average view time is 15 and a half minutes. 15, 40, 15 minutes and 45 seconds or something like that. We're just under 16 minutes. That's the average view time on almost every class. How about that? That's, that's the length of time that people who log on because the vast majority of Christians are just curious just curious wondering maybe they got what they wanted maybe God only wanted them for one minute maybe God only wanted them to watch 10 minutes maybe they couldn't digest more than 15 minutes worth I don't know does that mean that I'm not doing something that God does, am I, does that mean I'm not doing something right no my job and your job is to do what the Spirit of God is gives you power to go do. And the first thing you do when you get the power to go do is you go out and witness. This is after you do your other stuff. You seek first the kingdom of God, then you deliver that message to the people. Let's pray. 
Lord, I thank you that we can spend time with you. We can fellowship with you. We can have communion with you in our private time, in our home. Then we can be filled with your love and your grace and your mercy and your peace, your joy. And uh, then we can, and when you let us, you say, okay, let's go. And we go out the door and we do all things in word and deed in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we go out to wherever we're gonna go, to work or school or chores or whatever, errands. And we are ministers of you, Lord. We wanna deliver the word of, of grace, deliver the word of salvation, deliver the word of the peace of God, deliver the word of joy, and deliver the word that God's not mad, God loves them. Otherwise, God wouldn't have died for the sinner. God hated sinners, he wouldn't have died for us. A lot of people are preaching that, I hate that. God hates the sin, we know that. He, God hates the evil, but God died for the sinner, the person, while he was a sinner. He died for, he didn't die for the believer, <laughs> he died for the sinner. Thank you, Lord, we dedicate all this to you in Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, that's gonna be it for Golden, Colorado. And uh, tomorrow's my day off. I'll write next week's Sunday prayer letter. I'm caught willing, I hope. <laughs> hope this doesn't wear me down. And then uh, Sunday, I'm at 28th in Pearl. And then Monday, I'm someplace. Tuesday, I'm someplace. God bless you. And uh, I'm someplace else all the way through, all right? So uh, anyways, God bless you, man. I love you very much. You take care, all right? Bye-bye.